Hey, this is Tommy Wiseau, and you're listening to Sinner Snob Podcast. Have a groovy time. Enjoy it, okay? It's not for eating, just for listening, for God's sake. Bye. In a world filled with movie podcasts, three critics from the juggernaut media market of San Antonio decided to change the entire course of the internet. A feat attempted by many and conquered by many to produce a relatively listenable podcast. Devastating truth bombs. Brace yourselves, guys. The Muppets are puppets. You know that, right? <laughs> no! Wait! Okay, no! They're puppets. No, and <laughs> Muppets is, are puppets. <laughs> Hard facts. Yeah, not Kevin Feige or Feig, whatever, but... It's uh, Feig. I think it's Feige. Is it really? I have no idea. <laughs> Asking the important questions. What is that? What, what was that that I just saw right now? It was like a fat Iron Man. That's it's a Hulkbuster. Hulkbuster armor. That's, that's how he fights the Iron Man. <laughs> this is the Cinesnob Podcast. Welcome to bonus episode 11 of the Cinesnob Podcast. I'm Jared Kingery. And today, again, I got to talk to Kevin Murphy of Rift Tracks and MST3K fame and Tommy Wiseau of The Room fame once again. Uh, they were talking about uh, the special encore presentation, the uh, best of Rift Tracks. Uh, showing of The Room Live coming up on Thursday, January 28th at 7.30 p.m. You can get your tickets at rifttracks.com. First up, Tommy and Kevin talked to me on the phone about uh, their partnership and what uh, what you can expect if you haven't seen The Room Live, and I have, and it's great. First up, we've got Kevin and Tommy. Here with Kevin Murphy of Riff Tracks and Mr. Tommy Wiseau, writer. Mr. Tommy, Tommy. Why so formal? Well, Tommy, we've actually met before. I don't know if you remember. Uh, we met in person last year in L.A. Oh, okay, uh, cool. Um, and uh, Kevin, we talked last year um, ahead of the uh, the uh, Rift Tracks Live uh, Room event, which is uh, repeating this month in theaters. So, uh, so tell us about the Rift Tracks Live presents the Room. Well, we love the Room so much, and we had such a great time doing the um, <clears throat> the, the live show initially uh, when we had an opportunity to do some best of Rift Tracks Live. Um, we immediately thought the room would be a great choice for that, and uh, and Tommy's such a great sport about it, and we've had a really great experience working together, and uh, so it seemed like a marriage made in heaven here. And with um, James Franco's movie coming out about Tommy and his experience making the room, it seems like uh, a perfect timing. Just a, a a great great opportunity here. Tommy, we talked uh, before about uh, this being the largest single audience ever at one time to watch The Room. Uh, how was that experience for you? Were you able to to see the uh, presentation at all? Well, I'm, you mean the, the Rift Tracks? Correct, yes. Yeah, sorry, the Rift Tracks. Okay, so, the, you know, I support Rift Tracks, as I mentioned many times. I'll be not attending any screen, but sometimes I'm looking at certain clips that I think is different entertainment and I think it's pretty cool to make it front of the room there's nothing wrong with it etc etc move on next question (laughs) (laughs) so Kevin this is the first time you've really I don't know what you would call it the best of Riff Tracks you've done encore presentations before of the live shows uh, pretty much the week after this is the first time you're going back to uh, something you did before what what was the decision behind uh, kind of playing the best of Riff Tracks live events well, Fathom Entertainment, who uh, puts these things on, thought it would be, it's just a sort of a, a fun way to fill in January. 
able to mount on a brand new live show in January. We won't be able to do that until later in the year. Um, so it's a good time for people who didn't get a chance to see it the first time around in the movie theater uh, to do it again. Um, I mean, to, to see it and people who enjoyed it and want to go back and see it again. Um, it seemed like a, a fine idea. And this show in particular, The Room, was uh, so entertaining for folks and they had such a good time that uh, everyone thought the show, um, let it be this one. And here we are. What's been your response, both of you, uh, both Kevin and Tommy, to this Rift Tracks, uh, this live presentation of The Room? Uh, what was your feedback on it? Was it was it positive? Was it was it something that, that people were uh, – it opened a lot it's of eyes to positive. this? Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Tommy's right. It's always positive. Uh, people... It's always positive. I'm a Q&A. I'm sorry I jumped in, Kevin. Uh, we have a regular screening, monthly screening, without attending. A long story short, you know, people ask about Rift Track, why I support, etc. Sometimes people don't grasp this. But I, I, again, I said this last year, and I say right now, it's nothing wrong when people make fun of a movie – uh, my movie, The Room, and as long as they enjoy it, so that's a that's a bottom line. So I think it's very positive. Yeah. Do you think that uh, that the Rift Tracks screening brought new fans to the room? Are you talking to me? Uh, yeah, you, Tommy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's going both ways. So uh, you know, um, probably I would say yeah. Yeah, and I, I know we got some new fans who were fans of the room already who uh, had not known about Rift Tracks. So. Uh, it's it's worked out very well, and I think that people actually they like to repeat the line. That's one of the things. What I think, Kevin, maybe that's why you guys were so successful last year with the room and the riff track because of this aspect of the repetition of the line. When audience really enjoy it, so <laughs> that's true. That's true. That's uh, I know your shows, your your midnight shows are great successes, and uh, and it's a uh, you know great of you to go around the country and. Uh, and participate in it. I know people appreciate that. And now you're going to London too. My yeah, goodness. we go next next month. We go to London, and then we go to Liverpool as well. So it's pretty okay. exciting. Well, Say hello to Paul McCartney for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will. <laughs> it seems like Paul McCartney's always on the Saturday Night Live set to me. <laughs> Always, I would be too if they paid me. Absolutely. <laughs> he always turns up. Uh, so Tommy, um, we've we've seen a lot of pictures uh, of the uh, James Franco as uh, as yourself in the upcoming uh, Disaster Artist, the adaptation of uh, Greg Sestero's book about the making of the film and, and your friendship. You have to have an opinion on it. I know you do. What is your take on 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 Franco's just just his look? At first of all. I think he's a good actor, and uh, I think he's doing a good job, and we'll see later. We'll see what the finished product. Uh, I don't know. I, we'll see what happens, you know? But overall, I think he, he, he knows what he's doing. And, uh, um, he just played the football last month, so, so I gave him a little training. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, you, you instructed him on how to, how to toss a football around? A little bit. <laughs> now, uh, uh, with... actors, we need the training, you know? So. But, I, but definitely, he's doing a good job, and I think people will enjoy it. But again, I don't know till finished product, you know? Right. It's, 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 I don't think it's nice to criticize somebody for work if you don't know what the final product is. But so far, as far as I know, he's doing very good, very good job. Is it his brother actually? Right, it, uh, playing Greg. Is it is it surreal to see uh, some of the the shots that you created recreated for this film? Because there's you been a lot what? of stills. I, this is a great question. Uh, I, I'm sometimes I'm surprised, to be honest with you, because 
He did this scene. I don't know if you guys saw it on the, on, online, some of the picture. Hi, doggy. Right. So he recreated pretty well, actually, you know. So I think it's flat at the same time. You know, it's just like somebody takes something from me, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I I would assume it's all done uh, in, in love, personally. Um, is there any plans to work? Absolutely, yeah. He, like I say, I met uh, James, and I talked to him, and he's a very nice guy. And, um, uh, again, he's a great actor. If you really think about it, you know, his work in the past as, as well, new project. And I think he can offer something to people relate to it. It's the same the, the room fans as well, all the people say, what's going on with the room, you know? So we have great support from Hollywood, and yeah. like I said, in the past two, three years, we have a great support, actually. You want to think about it. Kevin, any plans to uh, to work with Tommy again in the future? I know uh, I know he's got, um, you know, other projects that may maybe maybe fit your brand, maybe, maybe have something that uh, you can have fun with. Uh, is there any plans to work together in the future between the two of you? There's no plans, but I certainly wouldn't rule it out. If it's in the cards to happen, then uh, I, it would be delightful to uh, to work with Tommy again because, like I said, he's been a, a really good sport about uh, what we do and uh, understands that we're, we're sort of both in the same in the same world here, trying to get our stuff out to uh, an audience and uh, and really just trying to make something that people enjoy. So, if there's ever the occasion to do it again, I would love to. All right, this... same here. All right. <laughs> There you go. All right, Rift Tracks, Rift Tracks Live, The Room, uh, presented by Fathom Events, is part of the Best of Rift Tracks series. That's coming to five theaters here in San Antonio uh, on January 28th at 7.30 p.m. Uh, you can uh, you can visit the Rift Tracks website to, to find times. Is that correct, Kevin? That's right, rifttracks.com. All right, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Thank, thank you. you. All right, next up, I got to talk to Tommy one-on-one for about 20 minutes on the phone a few days later. Uh, we talked about The Room. We talked about The Disaster Artist, uh, the film version of the Greg Sestero book. Greg's a, a friend of the show. Uh, he's been on the show a couple times. And we talk about the movie version of his memoir about working on The Room with Tommy and his friendship with Tommy, uh, which is now being made into a film by James Franco, starring James Franco as Tommy and uh, James's brother Dave as Greg. Uh, we also talk about the filmmaking process and uh, uh, what it means this day and age to be a fan of digital versus a fan of film. It's a really fun interview. We get into kind of the nuts and bolts of uh, some digital filmmaking and, and how he was, along with George Lucas, one of the only people in Hollywood in 2003 shooting on digital uh, not that he did anything with those files, but the room was shot simultaneously on film and digital at the same time. So here we go. So, Tommy, we talked uh, a few days ago. Uh, I spoke to you with uh, Kevin Murphy. Uh, we were talking about the Rift Track show uh, for uh, the uh, encore presentation of The Room. Now, uh, a lot of news has been made lately about uh, The Disaster Artist, which uh, the film version of uh, Greg Sestero's book Lots of uh, press photos have been coming out from the set. Uh, what's your take on, on the project as it stands so far? What you know about it? Well, you know, I'm co- connected to James Franco production to a certain degree. So, so far, I think he's doing a good job. So, we see what the finished product will be. So, what's, uh, what's your take on uh, Franco playing you? I know we touched on it a little bit the other day, but uh, what, how do you feel about it? Well, feel good about it. I mean, you know, he decided to, um, you know, to option the book, and um, basically, I agree with him that he can play me. I mean, he's a good actor, number one. Number two, I have a great experience with the, 
you know, how to uh, do the, 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 the play the role. Uh, we see which direction he'll be going on, on again, and finish product, you know. Right. <laughs> For me, it's hard to, uh, except I would say positive thing. I have nothing negative to say. Now, uh, did Franco meet with you at all before production started? Yeah, yeah we talked. And we we actually he showed up for the screening of the room last month, and uh, you know we talked some football, have fun. <laughs> Again, he's a very dedicated actor. I think he had no problem to uh, to to play me. Except the, again, I say the finished product. <laughs> so. Right, right. Uh, from from what you've seen so far, um, uh, do you think that? Uh, that he's doing um, like his own take on it, or you think he's 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 almost doing an impression of you? And how does that make you feel? Well, well again, you know, it's for me very hard to say it this way or that way. You know, what I see in pictures, uh, yeah, I, I saw some of the stuff, and uh, I, I, again, you know, I think he's doing a good job, but I don't know what will happen. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. So you haven't you haven't seen anything or heard anything reported for the well, performance. Well, no, right? I heard and I saw the pictures because they sent me some pictures. Right. People sent me the fans of the room and, and other people from a set. Uh, so I, I think so far, like the doggy scene he did just recently, I don't know if you're familiar with the doggy scene. I am familiar with the doggy scene. I've seen I've seen the room many, many times. Okay, so as you know, everything he duplicate as, a, as, a, as, as it is, you know? So I think... He knows how to duplicate and how to be an actor. You know, for me, it's just like, to respond to your question, general speaking, it's just like something taking away something from me. If you really think about it, if you look at big picture, but at the same token, I'm, I'm flattered that he decided to play me, you know? I think it's flattered that I'm still around and we'll see what direction he'll be doing. <laughs> uh, I think it's funny, but at the same time, it's a little tragedy, right? You know, like, to be or not to be. <laughs> Well, uh, if you had had your pick of, uh, uh -huh. of of any actor to portray you, who would you have picked? Well, you know, I have two choices, uh, uh, Johnny Depp or James Franco, and uh, his brother David, he was one time on the screen, not the last month, but a few months ago, way back, and he asked me straightforward if he can play Greg. I say, yeah, he can play Greg. So if you look at uh, the what's happening right now, I think he's doing a good job, his, his brother as well. So, so I have his two picks for for my character, for my personality. But you see, um, sometimes when people playing other people, finish struggle product, it may come out differently. You see, so so it's very difficult to. It's easy to criticize some people. I'm stay away to criticize people. To be honest with you, okay? But I know James Franco work. Um, for example, he did this movie Sunny, and I, I, I don't know if you saw it or not. I haven't. And, Chad in New Orleans, Louisiana. He did such a great job, and other project. You know, he's been around. He he knows what he's doing. So, I know you're you're uh, that's your your uh, your hometown, New Orleans. So you yeah. have you have a passion for that. Um, are, are, they're not shooting any of of the disaster artist in New Orleans, are they? No, I don't think so. I think I think they probably shoot everything here in Los Angeles or. Also, San Francisco. I'm not sure. You may right. have some directly. <laughs> I didn't know if it was. Uh, I know New Orleans has a lot of tax breaks and a lot of films are shot there. And I think uh, Franco. Uh, yeah, yeah. This is the new thing. I just I, I come back from those a few months ago, so I'm familiar with that. They, they have new sort of uh, evolution of the movie making in New Orleans, Louisiana. If I may say that. So, you are you ever going to make a movie in Louisiana? 
I would love to. I'd probably do the slavery movie, believe it or not. <laughs> a slavery movie? I haven't heard about this one. Oh, yeah. That's my passion. So Because, you know, in America, I think some of the stuff, you know, people don't want to present the way how it was a long time ago. I think the history is very important. People understand the true history, you know. So uh, uh, going back to the film, um, as the as the film is taking shape, uh, there's a lot of uh, of of high profile actors. I just saw that uh, Brian Cranston today uh, is playing a small role, who, who just also coincidentally got nominated for an Oscar today. Um, oh, he did. He was nominated. I didn't know that. He got nominated for a, a movie called Trumbo, where he played uh, Dalton Trumbo, a form um, a screenwriter that was uh, blacklisted for being a communist back in. Um, I believe it was the fifties in Hollywood. Oh, uh, he, okay. he wrote Spartacus. Oh, wow. Um, so yeah, he, um, he joined, I, I don't know what role he's playing. Um, is it something that, uh, that are you still kind of pinching yourself or, uh, or, or can you believe it that, that this movie is being made about uh, such a, a giant portion of your life that, that there's actual that there's actors coming in to, <laughs> to, to recreate moments of your life, such significant moments of your life. Well, again, you know, uh, to me it's flattering, but I just like, you know, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, I accept the way it is, you know, it's maybe destiny. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. Now, uh, you and I talked last year um, about uh, before the, the last uh, Rift Tracks, the original screening of the, the Rift Tracks show, um, mm-hmm. a little bit about the disaster artist. And uh, I believe you told me you agree with 40% of uh, of Greg's book. Mm-hmm. Um That's- that still stand at forty percent. I used to believe fifty, but I changed to forty. <laughs> I, I've talked to Greg since then too. Greg and I have had a, a few conversations since then, and and he he said you you really kind of uh, sometimes go between forty and forty five percent. So I wasn't sure uh, <laughs> which one to believe. Has it uh, has seeing the the film and production um, changed your opinion at all of the of the book? No, no. Why should I change my opinion? Why? I'm just curious if if maybe uh seeing the uh seeing the project realized into a film something a medium that you do love i mean I know you're a film buff from from way back uh you know maybe maybe that might soften the uh no, soften the just, story to you well, let me give you one example uh the scene what we did uh I did not hit her, I did not blah 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 long story short in his book, I believe he say i did thirty seven takes. You know what? If somebody takes 37 takes or any scene, he or she or they or it will be out of business, as simple as it is. <laughs> now, I have nothing to say. Okay. Because it's ridiculous. You know, 37 takes of the same scene. So you know what the cost is to do the, the tiny little scene? It's tremendous money. It doesn't make sense. Okay? So, okay. And I think if somebody discredit, as a general, not just to Greg, but over actors discredit, for example, script, was a script did not exist, and you see behind the scene, you see 127 pages over 120 pages or whatever it is. Oh, I, but again, you know, we, it's nothing to to analyze, nothing to discuss. It's just a waste of time. Okay, so so what is your favorite part of the book? Well, I think the friendship. I mean, you, you know, some of the crazy stuff. You know what we did. You know, um, driving car. You know, and you know. Um, it's the favorite part of the book, you know, it's for me, I mean, I'm trying to stay away from criticize Greg's historical book. It's just a general speaking, I think some of the stuff is not welcome in any personal life. That's my point, you know. I'm American. I'm very proud of it. Um, 
you know, people don't give me credit, that's their problem. You know, I don't have, you know, they don't understand the room was done intentionally. You know, if, so, if you give somebody a job, if the person don't appreciate something wrong here, you know, or uh, how you can say it, I'm talking about general, not just to Greg, some of the actors, you know, like I forced them, for example, to stay in the, in the on the set. That's all bullshit because you see, I have a meeting with my actors and I say, hey, you know, it'd be good if you guys will be part of a everyday production, either though you're not in the scene. The reason for it is because 90% of actors we didn't have experience. In it. And let's face it, that's the fact, you know? So again, you see, we may argue back and forth, back and forth, but on the end of the day, the true prevail, you know? Nobody is born in America or wherever the world uh, became big actors. You need experience, you need skills. Is to have a detail-oriented person. That's that's the direction to go. So, okay. So, what lessons did you learn uh, from the room? And I know you've been making uh, the neighbors. Are you finished with the neighbors yet? Production. Me? Are you finished production on the neighbors? We we actually finished uh, season one, which is six episodes, and we put on on DVD as well as on the Hulu. Right. And we are producing another six episodes, season two, and we submitted to Emmy Awards. Whatever. We didn't give up yet. Yeah. <laughs> So I think this time will be much better, and uh, we use a lot of animation. So if you look at some of the uh, trailer what we have available on YouTube, you can see some a lot of animation. So I'm very proud of it that is we actually use a different um, aspect of production as well, marketing, etc. So, so so it's uh, you know I'm very happy because we have a great actually we have a special screening of the room once a month, and we actually screening also the neighbors. With animation, people really enjoy it. You know, it's just too bad that you guys, I say, you reporters and other, they don't understand that. Uh, you know, you don't go with the public sometimes. That's my point. So. Oh, I'm, I've I've talked to you several times already, and I've talked to Greg several times, and I'm I'm a fan of the room and a fan of uh, of the the passion behind it. Um, I mean, I, I've, to, I've told people this before. I mean, whatever you think of the movie, you can see that there's a passion for film behind it. And I think it's evident in your work, and I think it's evident in uh, in uh, in the way you talk about it. Which uh, which brings me to my next question: uh, If you had uh, if you made the room uh, today, knowing what you know about the business, what would would you do anything differently? Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I in the past I'll say I didn't, but I changed my mind because first of all, I'm not used to cameras. Number one, mm-hmm. because again, people misunderstood my comments when I say. Hollywood was confused, and myself, I was confused with the format HD and a 35 millimeter. Entire system, people forget about the history of the Hollywood, the entire system in Hollywood, uh, you know, projection of the movies was on 35. That's what, the, the, that's what we know in Hollywood before 13 years ago. Okay, and the Hollywood actually was against the HD in the first place, you know? Right. I have uh, the first camera, it's just again, some of the douchebag, one of the actors say the camera <laughs> costs $60,000, it's an incorrect statement because camera at the time, F27, cost uh, over $120,000, was very expensive equipment. Uh, today, the same equipment, you can get a fraction of 20, maybe grand or whatever. Yeah. So again, you see, this is the thing what uh, the difference. The, the technology has been changed since 13 years ago. So so definitely, you know, I'll be approaching, if I will reshoot it maybe someday, the room will be slightly different approach, you know, because I have better experience, better 
taking over production. But it still is expensive to produce, to be honest with you. You know, it's not easy. Well, you were, I think at the time, uh, 2003 is when you shot, right? Or 2002. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, the only other person using that kind of camera was George Lucas. Yeah, that uh, was two people. But you see, the reason I still, uh, you see, I'm a stubborn guy. I still will be writing the book, What's the Difference Between 35 and HD? Because you see, still you don't have it, believe it or not. We just talk about 35 and HD and everything. It's just like, I don't see one single book in the world right now that will say, okay, this is the difference. This is what the ratio is, what the cost is, etc." So I think it will be pretty interesting to, to, to put everything together. So eventually I'll be doing so are you uh, are you a fan of uh, of digital filmmaking now? I know that's a big debate in Hollywood, especially um, you know with uh, Quentin Tarantino's The Hateful Eight. I don't know if you saw that, but there was a big a big uh, you know push because it was it was made in, uh, shot in seventy millimeter, and uh, movie houses across the country had to install special equipment because most people show strictly digital now. Are Correct. you are you one of those? Uh, kind of old-school romantic types about film, or are you ready to move on to HD? Well, you see, the, if I'll be shooting, like we are shooting The Neighbors, for example, we're shooting digital. Usually the sitcom you do uh, uh, shoot on digital. We use a, a red camera, which is very close to 35-millimeter um, film. But, you know, you know, right now, everybody in Hollywood, 99% people, I just finished the Samurai Cup. The guy was using... Even he's independent, he was using red camera, but however, he also used some of the 35 millimeter print, I mean, uh, camera equipment. So, you see, I'll be honest with you, straightforward, if you have cost of doing business, that's basically what it is. So, if you can afford it, I think any good film- filmmaker, director, producer who are in charge of a production they probably say, hey, we like to shoot on 35 because we always have better quality, but the same token, you know, it's practical shooting on digital. So so it's all depends on how much money you have, if you ask me. Well, see, I, I, I like to dabble in filmmaking here and there, and I have a uh, like a $600 DSLR camera that shoots HD, uh, you know, 24 frames per second, and it looks just as good to me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I never had the opportunity – to shoot on film, uh, as like you did, or, or any other directors have. Um, well, it's a process, you know, because keep in mind when you shoot, for example, on 35, a long time ago, the the process was that you didn't even have a daily. You have to wait next day, or you do editing at the same time if you have a, this kind of facility. That's number one. Today, you have a daily instantly, you know? Right. The time when I shot uh, uh, the room, people didn't realize that I have daily instantly because from an HD camera. So I have some kind of benefits from HD camera that I have, a, you know, either though the shot was not 100% the same because angle, if you put two cameras at the same time, you have different angles. It's not the same angle. Right. So uh, we complement 35 on, on, a sh- on a shoot. But still, the, the HD come out pretty good too. So, so you're you're the only one that's seen that HD footage, right? Yeah. Pretty much. How does it look to you? I mean, if you if you had to have talk about the both cameras at the same time, right? The the one you shot simultaneously back in two thousand three. Yeah, like, it's, it's only our project. But like, if we did only that was a couple of tests from I believe Universal Parma Picture. I'm not sure which studio at the time, but they do did some comparison like the uh, short movie, like fifteen minutes or less. But we did the entire project. So again, some of these people from. 
our production, what they say, was only halfway. That's an incorrect statement. We shot everything but four months. So. But like if you say had uh, the film, you know, the film print uh, been damaged or something, uh, w- would you have been satisfied uh, swapping in one of those HD shots uh, for something that maybe was out of focus or overexposed or, or however it was? Was well, it that good a quality? Again, you see, today you can change everything. If you asked me 13 years ago, you don't have this kind of luxury what we have today. So today you could you can do both ways. If you have digital, you can transcend 35 or vice versa. When, for example, like DVD or Blu-ray, we take all the footage from 35 millimeter. Right. It's a process of transfer, okay, from from 720 to 1080p or whatever you have, whatever format you have. Okay. Right. Right. So, so, so right now we have luxury that you can transfer any digital format. But one of the kicker is that you need a good file. If you don't have good file, forget the whole thing, because it will be. Like you say, on focus, whatever. But in case the room, some of the stuff happened by accident. Sometimes stuff, and I say let it go because I was part of a, uh, you know, uh, you know, editing process, and I have to approve everything. So some of the stuff, I say let it go. We see what people say. <laughs> so that's the story with that. So do you still have all those files somewhere? Absolutely, we have everything. We have I say entire set. We we. What I want to do, I may do a museum after James Franco releases his movie. I have 10 moments. Okay. Uh, has he... Uh... I will rush you, but I, I... No, it's fine. Um, so has he... Uh, have you given him any props or anything to use? Anything that you may have had, like mementos? Have they asked for that for the production? Yeah, they did. Did you Did you loan anything to them? No, we, they got some stuff. Oh, you can't. you can't say what it is? No, because you see, it's, it's very disrespectful that I talk. I, I'm staying away to talk about James Franco production. I just say general speaking. Okay. So sometimes people ask me this. I, I'm just I'm, I have a consistency with my answer. <laughs> so uh, let's go back to the to the room now. Uh, you do tour with it, right? Um, I know you do a screening every month in L.A. Uh, no, not Los Angeles. Here once a month, but I'm not attending. I'm just attending special screening okay. or anniversary of the room, which is uh, June. Each June. So when uh, when are you going on tour with it again, at all? I mean, are you, are you going uh, outside of LA? Where are you are you visiting? Yeah, we are going to to uh, we are going to Texas, and I think we go to Detroit. Where where are you coming to in Texas? I'm I'm in Austin. Uh, I'm not sure because I have to check the schedule. But we do once a month. You can go to theroommovie.com. You can see the schedule. Okay, and uh, um, uh, do you think that? Uh, the crowds are are uh, only going to grow after the uh, the Franco movie hits, right? I mean, this is, has to be has to be only good news for you. Well, you know what? I'm not a Santa Claus. I'm sorry to say that to you, but but I'll tell you one thing that I think I said this to several reporters in the past. I think the room, everyone in America should see the room, and I think that's the destiny where we are going. Some people compare it to the room, the distribution, the same like Ghana with the win, and they say you cannot beat Ghana with the win because you know they've been. I don't know. This is that's what they, that's my understanding. Is the uh, a lot of people saw the movie. At the room, actually, not a lot of people saw it. So long story short, my conclusion is that eventually, I think a lot of people will see it. So. To respond to your question, yeah, is I think it's pretty beneficial. But at the same time, I don't know what the public say. I know 
one thing I love probably they love me a little bit. I guess I don't know. <laughs> I think people love you. I think it's, oh, I think you're you. char- I think you're charming enough. Uh, well, I try my best. I think uh, you know we just come back from um, uh, Denver, Colorado, so we have a big crowd there, like six hundred people. Whatever, they really enjoy the the, the neighbors. Believe it or not. Yeah. So so again, you know, I I think we have good uh, response from public and. They enjoyed the room, so we'll see how long we'll be doing this. Well, it's not a lot of uh, of independent films of that budget size made, you know, 13 years ago that get to keep making money today in uh, right. in screenings. So, uh, uh, you know, you you hit a nerve uh, with people, um, you know, in the in the pop culture, you know, vein, and you people people love it. People come out. I mean, I've been. Oh gosh, I can't even imagine. I can't. I've been to at least four or five screenings in a theater of the room. And it always kind of surprises me when people start throwing the spoons and everything, uh, you know, and repeat the lines back. And, um, Some of you are pretty aggressive. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> I, I, I went to a theater once that wasn't expecting people to throw stuff. So, oh, really? uh, yeah, the, the staff didn't like it too much, but, uh, yeah. so, so, uh, yeah, but you know, the, I, I think people really enjoy this. It's, that's what the kicker is, you know, I'm working also on other projects like Foreclosure. We want to finish this year. Then I'm working on Vampires. I mentioned to you I'm working also The Neighbors. So we definitely will be have six episodes this year, and we'll see what happens with the James Franco story. <laughs> right. Uh, and so the the thirteenth um, anniversary of the Room is coming up in June. Correct. Uh, what kind of You're uh, invited? I I I would love to make it out there. I mean, I I go to L.A. every now and then, so uh, one of these days I'm going to have to make it out there for that. I know you invited. Yeah, I said I know you invited me to the 12th anniversary last year when I when I talked to you. So, uh, oh. um, but yeah. Um, so anyway, so uh, Tommy Wiseau, uh, the Room, Riff Track. Oh, sorry, it's uh, Riff Tracks Live, the Room. Is uh, January twenty eighth, Thursday, seven thirty p.m. Theaters all across the country. And are you in Canada again this time? Do you know? No, I don't think they have Canada. I'm not sure. To be honest with you. Get your tickets at uh, rifttracks.com. Tommy Wiseau. Thanks again for talking to me. Yeah, thank you very much. I love you all. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this Cine Snob podcast. To read reviews, interviews, and more, visit cinesnob.net. See you next week.